Welcome to University, a podcast for young people navigating life's big transitions. I'm Anne-Marie Ciresso, your host. On University, you'll hear stories from college students. You'll get tips from experts. And occasionally, you'll hear from a parent's perspective on how to manage this time of change in your life consciously. Find yourself. Find your purpose. Find your people and pursue you fearlessly. Have you heard of the podcast Head Scratcher? It was started just a few months ago by 19-year-old Ben Lawfer. Maybe Ben is just like you, a young college-age student with the perfect resume for life, great high school education, stable upbringing. But Ben felt like a cog in a machine and noticed early on that he was making decisions because they seemed like the right thing to do but they didn't necessarily feel like the right thing to do for him. Ben courageously decided to buck the system, and instead, he took a gap year after senior year of high school. He wanted to look for the answers to the questions I think we're all asking. Who am I? What do I wanna do? And how am I gonna get there? Ben talks with me and shares why he felt like he needed to do this, how he designed his gap year, and what he learned about himself and mostly what he hopes to take with him as he enters freshman year at Haverford this year. That's where we pick up the interview with Ben. Hope you enjoy. So tell me what you did then, once you got this clarity after establishing new habits, what did you do in the second half of your gap year? How did you use that clarity to go do? Yeah, so I think Part of it came with with starting my podcast. And it's actually it's kind of funny because I, I, I had one I signed it was this kind of odd weird dichotomy. In in one sense I had this clarity where I had all these um, habits set into place, but the in the on the other side of things I also was immensely confused. Like I took the gap year in the first place to come to more clarity as to my interests, and I felt like halfway through the year I had far more interest and less clarity. As to what I was actually passionate about. I think yeah. there's this, like, at least for myself, I had this misconception that the more that I learned about the world, I did a lot of reading. And the more that I learned about the world, that I would have more clarity as to what I was passionate about and I would have more answers. But for me, it was the opposite. The more that I started to learn about the world, the more questions I had, the more confused I was. And I'm, I'm in this point right now where I feel completely confused, but also I'm really happy with, with where I'm at and I've accepted that confusion. And for me, if I'm ever if I ever have a lot of clarity as it comes to a specific topic or discipline, I feel like, excuse me, I haven't delved into it deep enough. So I started, that was like, you know, the six to eight month point, I started realizing that, that I was, I had this clarity in terms of my habits and all of that, but I was also really confused about my interests and some of these big questions in life. And so that prompted me to start uh, the podcast Head Scratcher, like you mentioned earlier, which I've been doing for it's been out for the past month and a half or so, but I've been working on it for probably five or six months and trying to just bootstrap everything myself. So to do all the graphic design work, to teach myself how to edit, what equipment I needed, all the tech stuff, how to market it effectively, build an audience, launch it, partner with people, get on guests, all of that. So that's been a fun process. And that's what I've been spending part of the second half working on. I've also been working on uh, this startup along with about four or five other people which is essentially a social networking platform for your civic life. So there's all of these, uh, you have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter for your 
personal life, you have LinkedIn for your professional life, you have platforms for your love life, right? But there's no really centralized uh, networking platform for your civic life, which should be a really important element of, uh, you know, being a, being a citizen. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm working on uh, right now in terms of my own startup and working with a few other people to, to execute that idea and to, to enter some accelerator programs and things like that. And then I'm also working with another startup out of, out of Philly with a, uh, a, a graduate of the, the school I'm going to next year, actually. And so I've been trying to really immerse myself in kind of the entrepreneurial ecosystem, start to network, start to meet people, start to put that foundation in place. And I've been doing that through the podcast, through going to events and conferences, through doing other projects, and then some more personal things that just interest me. I've been trying to teach myself Chinese before I head off to college so that I can enter in at a higher level. Um, excuse me, I've been trying to teach myself about financial literacy because I feel like it's a really important area that I just know nothing about, but also I feel like I should start to now that I'm kind of getting into my adult life. So some smaller projects like that, and then some of the more major ones like the podcast and, and startup work. You sound like you keep yourself super busy. <laughs> yeah, the past, the past few months especially, I've been swamped with stuff, but I really like it. The process is, is really fun for me. And so while you're in doing all this doing, are you still maintaining your, ha your healthy habits, like waking up, meditating, working out, all that? Are you able to keep that balance? Yeah. For the most part, yeah, there are definitely like, a, being completely honest, there are some that have started to falter a bit and it really shows, it, it starts to show me which ones are like really ingrained and are truly habits and which other ones are still, I wouldn't say fully habits yet. Um, I think like waking up early is still something that I do very consistently. Going to the gym is still something I do consistently. I think the one, the one primary one that's started to fall a bit to the wayside is reading every day. I tried to set aside two to three hours a day beforehand to read. And now that I am uh, have all of this podcast stuff going on, I'm traveling more often, I have like work calls and other things, it's hard to fit that in. And oftentimes that's the thing that I uh, end up not doing. I think partly the reason is that I didn't really have a set time of day beforehand where I read. It was just something where I did it every day at, at some point in the day. And now I, uh, I feel like because all of my other habits mostly have to do with a morning or night routine, they've stuck really well, but reading is something that's fallen a bit to the wayside, which I'm kind of disappointed in. I've, I've tried to pick that up more lately and I'm still doing it, but just a little bit more inconsistently, but otherwise, yeah, they've, they've stayed pretty consistent, which is what I was really hoping for. Cause I'm, I, I wanted to structure my habits so that once I got to college, especially that they would be really ingrained and that I would be able to just be happier and be more productive than I was in high school. I think I, like I mentioned earlier, I felt like I was overall pretty successful in high school, but I also had a terrible sleep habits. I wasn't particularly happy. I got my work done, but I did it in a really inefficient and, and not really productive way. So I really wanted these habits ingrained for, for college and being like a month, month and a half away. I feel like they're, they're in a really good place. That's awesome. I, you know, I also heard you say earlier that you were quote unquote successful in high school, but you were pretty unhappy. <laughs> so what I'm hearing you point at is you're looking to create more balance so that you're successful and happy and balanced. Is that, is that right? 
Yeah, I would say I would say that exactly. I think also, yeah, my, I think my definition of success has also changed. In high school, I would put all of my focus into academics and extracurriculars because that's what the the environment around me that like New England prep school kind of um, that was what the culture was like. It was about high achievement and about doing things all the time, and not necessarily that that happiness factor. And I feel like now success for me, if, if I'm not happy, I have, it's, I, I'm not feeling particularly successful. So I, yeah, I think, I, I think I almost like miss, misspoke when I was saying I was successful in high school. I think I was successful in high school in terms of how I viewed success at that point. But looking mm-hmm. back on it now, I would say I probably wasn't particularly successful for how I view success now. And it's also, it's a very changing thing. I'm sure in a year, or two years or 10 years, I'm going to, view my own success and how I view success is, is, is going to change. Yeah. And well, I think your high school experience of success is very culturally normal, right? Like if you're getting good grades and have a nice resume and you have the ability to get into a good college, you are successful no matter what the cost to your personal experience. Yeah. It's, it's kind of unfortunate that that's the case. Um, I'm excited that I feel like I'm going to a a very different style of of college culturally than than my high school was. My high my high school was very competitive and traditional, and the and the college I'm going to I feel like is is more progressive and collaborative. And so I'm I'm excited to get to school. And I think hopefully, in in my head at least in theory, I feel like my college will be more conducive to the to. Um, me viewing success in one way and also I feel like I feel like other people within the college will view success in less of a um, it less so I, I will we'll view success more so in terms of how I view it now and less so in terms of how I viewed it in high school yeah it sounds like you're finding people who are more aligned with where you're at in this now moment which is creating more balance around what success looks like and I you know I really appreciate that you take this definition of success as very personally, right? Like what it, whatever it means for you might not be the same for the next guy, but it's all rooted in this foundation of having healthy habits and healthy habits could look differently for different people too. Whatever, whatever the formula that's working for you is working. So tell us about um, where you're headed to college and did you choose this particular college and defer or did you reapply after your gap year? Yeah. So I'm headed off to, to Haverford, which is a small liberal arts school right outside of Philadelphia. And I chose the college and then deferred admission uh, to, to take my gap year. I was considering not accepting to, to any of the colleges that I got into and just taking a gap year and reapplying. But I think um, through some kind of, uh, the influence of my parents and my college counselor uh, convinced me not to do that. And it sounds like you're still happy with the decision. Yeah, I think I was at the time, to be honest, I was fairly unhappy with the decision. I think it, it was mostly because I felt like I didn't have much choice when I was applying to, to high schools in the first place. Um, I applied to, to six high schools and I had gotten into one and then was uh, high schools. High schools or colleges? High school. So like going back even a bit further, when I, when I was applying to high schools, I was waitlisted at all of them except for one. And the one that I got into was a local school that was really not that great. I wasn't happy about it. And then, so going into college, I really wanted to have the 
the ability to choose where I went to school because I felt like I didn't have that in high school. I didn't yeah. have that choice. I was just forced into one specific school without um, yeah. having, having that freedom. And after applying to colleges, I applied to more than my counselor recommended that I would. And I was feeling really good because I, I felt like I was successful in the context of how colleges viewed success as well. I felt like I had good essays, good extracurriculars, all, all of these different components. And it ended up not really working out how I wanted it to. And so I was pretty unhappy at the point. But after taking this gap, I feel like I'm, I'm very content with things. I think um, I would have applied, if I were to apply to colleges again, I'd apply to a very different bunch of schools. And so I'm, I'm very happy with things. And I think I'm, I will, will make the best of, of wherever I'm at. And so I'm, I'm excited regardless to, to be around people and to be in an intellectually curious place. And yeah, I'm, I'm confident in the habits that I've set in place and in myself that regardless of, of where I'm going, that, that I, I should be happy and, and have the impact that I want to have. Well, do you think if you're not happy after a year or after a period of time, do you think you are open to exploring other options? I know lots of students who are, you know, who I've interviewed over the past year who are like six months into it. They're like, yep, this isn't the right place for me. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm exploring other options. Do you think you're, you'd be open to that? It's definitely something I'm open to it. And after I committed to the college that I'm going to, and then, for the first few months of my gap year, it was definitely something that I was thinking about a lot more. I was um, starting to understand like the transfer admission process and figure that out. And now I'm, I, I think I'm going in with more of an open mind, but I de I'm definitely still open to it if I don't enjoy it to either explore, um, you know, transferring to another school. I had a best friend in high school who, who went to one school and he's transferring and going to another this coming year. And he's, he's a lot happier, I think, um, or hopefully we'll be a lot happier there. And I think, it's definitely something I'm open to. I also, I interviewed someone on my podcast, just my most recent episode, um, this, this guy named Brendan Stark, who, who went to college and then he also, he dropped out after six months and now he's uh, working on some entrepreneurial ventures and being really successful. So I'm definitely, I'm, I'm open to transferring, to doing some more untraditional routes, depending on where I feel like I'm at, I am at that point. So def definitely open to it. Cool. I was curious because um, I, I was surprised at how many students um, feel stuck. Like if once they made their choice, it's it, they have to stay. Um, and I was equally surprised at how many students were willing to, you know, change and shift. So um, I think it's good to have an open mind. Like I'm trying this out and it, it, it's going to, it's going to lead me to the next right thing to do. Um, so tell me like, what do you think you're, biggest concern is you're starting college in what five six weeks you're gonna yeah, be August, August 28th so yeah about six weeks yeah yeah so and you're um, gonna be a year older than many students um, and you've had this gap experience what what's your biggest fear or concern as you jump into college probably making friends I think the primary reason I wasn't particularly happy in high school was because I didn't have a, a, a group of friends around me or, or a bunch of individual friends that I was really happy with and that uplifted me and that were supportive. So I'm a bit nervous about that. I think I would have been 
I would have been less nervous if I was going straight from high school to college just because I had a, I went to a, a semester school fall of my senior year and I had a, a lot of really good friends there and friends who I still keep up with. So after that, I was more confident in that it wasn't, I didn't feel like it was me that was the problem and not making friends, which I felt before. I felt like, oh, there's, there's like, you know, there's probably something that's, that's not good about me. And I was, didn't have a lot of, didn't have very high self-esteem. But like after going to the semester school fall of my senior year, I felt like, you know, I, I had lots of friends. I still keep up with a lot of them. And so I felt more confident in myself. And so if I was going straight from high school to college without the gap year, I would have felt better about making friends because I was closer to that experience. But now after a year off, I've, I've not had a lot of social interaction. I feel like I'm a bit out of touch with, with what's going on in youth culture, I guess. Um, yeah. So I think I'm, I'm most concerned about that I think I think other people are too. It's a scary thing going into a new to any new environment. But yeah, I'd say I'm I'm probably most nervous about that. And then also, um, I think trying to balance my time and um, work on. I, I I'm really happy with the work that I'm doing right now, and it's taking up a lot of my time as it is. And I feel like I'm I'm still not doing enough. And so a bit worried about going to college having. Uh, a rigorous academic load and also trying to keep up with the things that I'm doing now that I'm, that really make me happy and I feel like are important work. So yeah, I'd say making friends and, and finding balance with what I do. That's uh, the two most common things that every student says, the exact same two things, the balance and <laughs> finding your people. <laughs> so you're in good company. Um, and that makes perfect sense to me. Did you find that you um, suffered from a lack of social life on your gap year because other people weren't doing what you were doing? Was it hard to find friends during that period of time? Or, you know, not find friends because obviously you have your friends, but they're off at college. So when my son had his gap year, all his friends were off at college and he, he traveled. So he, he made friends on his travels, but it sounds to me like you didn't travel, you were home. Um, and I'm wondering if that impacted your social life or how it impacted your social life. Yeah, it, it definitely did. I mean, especially also going to a, a boarding school, my friends, uh, when they were at, they, they lived in all different places. A lot of my friends were actually from, from Asia, from Hong Kong. And so even when they were on break, it wasn't like they were back home and I could hang out with them. They were at college. And then when they were on break, they were back right. uh, where they lived. So that made it, that was also an interesting experience. Um, I think I wasn't nervous at the beginning of my gap year because I feel like I'm a fairly introverted person, but uh, I had this idea in my mind that being introverted <laughs> mean that I didn't really need a lot of social interaction for a whole year, which definitely is not the case. I felt a lot of social isolation and it's one of the reasons I'm, I'm really excited to go to college in the fall is just to be around people and to make new friends and mm -hmm. to... Uh, just have that experience to be around people. Really, I'm, that's that's probably what I'm most excited about. Um, but I definitely, yeah, I felt fairly socially isolated. That's one, that's if I were to go back and, and re-engineer things from the beginning, I would have uh, put more in place to make sure that I had people around me. Um, I've had, I've been able to build. A, a network of people within kind of the entrepreneurial space and some some friends through that but I'd say most of the people that I've interacted with I view more as 
um, people who I'm friendly with or, or peers, they're, they're people who are in a similar space that I'm in and not necessarily um, really solid friends. So it's definitely something that I've, uh, I regret a bit not structuring more social time in, into my gap year, because I think even just for your own sanity, it's a, it's a really important thing. Yeah. Well, it's good to know. It's good to know going forward. The, you know, life is a big giant experiment, right? So you get to learn as you go. And what I hear you saying is there's this thing that you recognize you want a little more of, and now you have an opportunity to be aware of it and create that going forward in a way that feels friendly to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I definitely agree with that. Life is, it's, it's all experimenting and learning from that. And I think the more situations that we can put ourselves in, I think that was really why I wanted to take a gap here was putting myself in situations where I could learn and figure myself out better. So putting, putting ourselves in situations where we can learn what we, most of the time it's learning what we don't like and what doesn't work for us. And that in turn makes us realize what we do like. So I think putting ourselves in situations that are uncomfortable or risky or, or anything like that is, is really important for just learning and figuring yourself out. And I think I've luckily been able to find a lot of, feel like I've found more of my identity this gap year through realizing what didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. That's so true. It's, it, I, you know, and I, I really appreciate you saying that because my experience is so many people, um, and particularly young adults, fall into this category of believing they've done something wrong if it's something they don't like. Like it's a problem rather than it being like, you know, on a scavenger hunt and, you know, opening the wrong door is just leading you to opening the right door and making it fun. Like this is a fun time in your life. You get to explore and you get to figure out who you are and where you want to go and what you like and what you don't like. And like the, the sky's the limit. And one of the things I heard you say earlier was you got, you're even more confused now because you realize how many things you're actually interested in and how fun, how fun that you have so many things that you're interested in that you, you get to explore one by one by one by one. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, people try and stray away, try and uh, not, they, they don't like the state of confusion. And I think I had to convince myself that that was a good state to be in. People like to have their, their focus. And I think a lot of people, once they leave high school, they'd like, they'd need to know, oh, this is what I'm passionate about. Or this is what I want to do with college or after college. And I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I love being young and being able to explore and I'm, I'm really excited to, to go to college and be able to just explore lots of, lots of different areas. Yeah. And the irony is you can't actually know until you're doing anything. I interviewed a student, actually my nephew, um, earlier this month, or it, it was, it released last week. You should go listen. You'll probably enjoy it. And he graduated in June with a math major and um, a teaching certificate. And he was all prepped to teach. He got three job offers teaching right out of school, which is amazing. And he realized he doesn't actually want to teach. <laughs> he doesn't want to do that at all. As a matter of fact, he just left. He was here at the house a few minutes ago because we live in the city and he lives in the suburbs and he has a job interview in a whole different field. And he was headed over to the job interview and he wanted to stop by before his interview. But um, it was scary for him to realize that he spent the last four years studying 
these two things. And then he graduates, gets three job offers and doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think like being in a state of confusion or not knowing or the state of, you know, stepping into the unknown is so scary and equally valuable because we can't really predict who we are, what we want to do, except all we can do is step into this now moment and know what's right in this now moment. And I want to go nod back to your wisdom around pausing at the beginning of your gap year to just be and get curious and then take actionable steps from the clarity you got from that space you created for yourself. Like that's so cool. And if you keep, you know, integrating those tools into your life, I've total faith that you're going to be making tons of great decisions for yourself, no matter where they lead you. I appreciate that. I I definitely, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. (laughs) Well, I know it's the case. I totally know it's the case. You are on it. I'm excited to, um, keep following you and seeing what you're up to. And um, before we sign off, I just want to know, uh, do you still have a med? Can you talk a little bit about your meditation practice if you still have one? Yeah, it's, it's honestly quite simple. Uh, I use a meditation app. Uh, I use an app called Waking Up by Sam Harris. Uh, he has actually a podcast as well that used to be called Waking Up, but now it's called uh, Making Sense. And um, his podcast delves into more uh, intellectual and sometimes more controversial areas. But the meditation app is, he has a very, at least for, for me, a very meditative voice. And so I do largely um, just these kind of walkthrough meditations where I'll, I'll listen to um, him speaking or these guided, guided meditations is the word. Um, you do, I mean, I do, I do Sam Harris's daily. It's um, 10 minutes. Do you do his 10 minute a day one or do you do one of yep. his programs? Exactly that. Yeah, I do the. I just do the the daily one that that he has out. After I think there's fifty or so that he has like a, an initial course that you uh, run through, and then after that, yeah, there's just the one that pops up yeah. uh, daily. And then I've gone through a few other courses, but more or less, it's just going through those uh, daily ones that he puts out. And it's really nice. I think having a meditation app, regardless of what it is, there's Calm and Headspace, and there's some other ones as well that I think are really great. But it's it definitely makes it less of a far off concept or something that's hard to, um, I don't know, to, uh, it def- it, it makes it feels easier. Like grounding. And I think Sam Harris also, I, would, I mean, I'd personally recommend his app because it, he, he very much ties how the, the daily practice of meditation and, and uh, mindfulness directly relates to all of these other areas of your life. And I think he, he makes it feel very concrete, whereas meditation, at least by most people's conception, is something that's very much not. And that it's kind of, it, people don't really know how it can actually impact their life. And Sam Harris, I think, defines it very well, how it can positively impact the, so many different areas of your life. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Do you think you're going to be able to um, maintain it while you're in college? Or do you think that's going to be challenging? I really... I'm hoping so and I'm planning on it I um, I think depending on whether I have a roommate or not it may be slightly challenging uh and I I'll find that out in the next week and a half but I'm gonna try really hard to make sure that it's still something that I do if I have to change the time of day that I do it to work around the rest of my schedule and depending on when people are around then I'll I'll do that but 
I think I've done it for so long now that I'd, I'd be really disappointed if I didn't have it in my life. And I feel like it would, I don't know. I've, I've, I feel like it's positively impacted me thus far. And I feel like there's so much, I'm, I'm really so early on and in, in working on it that there's so much more that it can do for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm going to try really hard to make sure that it's, it's still a habit of mine, even if I have to change it around slightly to uh, make sense within the context of the rest of my stuff going on. And what's the, been the biggest difference in your life you've noticed since you've um, introduced a regular meditation practice? Because I, I really appreciate you speaking to this because so many um, people your age in particular, I mean, I teach meditation to everyone and adults resist it, but young adults resist it a lot. A, they just don't get it. Like what, what makes, how does that make any sense? But B, this, this challenge of finding time, particularly when you're in college is, is a real challenge. Um, but if you, st- I want, I want to speak a little bit to the benefits that you've noticed. Yeah, I think for me, the primary benefits that I've noticed so far, and I think also, I mean, you, I'm sure would be able to speak on this much more, but I think there's different, there's different practices you can do depending on what you're trying to get out of it. But at least for me, it, um, I feel generally more self-aware and I feel like I'm, I'm better able to control my anxiety and to reduce stress in, in, in situations where otherwise beforehand before starting meditation I feel like I would be largely overwhelmed by those emotions and it's not for me it's and Sam Harris stresses this a lot it's not a matter of getting rid of those emotions but being able to identify them and realize that they're there and being able to um I wouldn't even say moderates the the best word but I I would I'll offer yeah I'll offer you a word sorry to interrupt you Um, no no go ahead go ahead I was going to offer you a word. For, it's just be with the emotions, right? Because um, this is one of my pet peeves that people who are learning about mindfulness and meditation are under the impression that it's about making something go away <laughs> or not. Right. You know, like, right. let me deal with not having stress or not having anxiety. And it's that's akin to saying, like, making me not breathe or be a human. <laughs> so... Um, we talk a ton about stress and anxiety on this podcast and how we get to learn to be with what's occurring because it's a natural state and allow it without resisting it and trusting that this too shall pass. And that's what, um, that's what I hear you pointing at is it's, you're able to, um, develop more self-awareness and control or be with your anxiety and reduce your stress as a result of all of that. And um, that's what a mindfulness practice and a meditation practice is there to do to support that. Exactly. Yeah. I think be with is definitely that. I think that's the exact words I was looking for because I, I, I had this conception at least before I got involved in meditation as well. And I'm again, still very early on in doing it, but that it could start to, you know, like I said before, moderate or get rid of some of those emotions, but that's really not realistic and it's not, that it wouldn't even be something you'd want to do uh, in any case. But I think, yeah, being able to be with them, like you said, in a way that's just more conducive to you um, to, 
to living out your life and not having those emotions dictate uh, your your being in a really substantial way. And I feel like they they dictate uh, they they don't impact me now as as much as they did before because I feel like I can I can be with them in a in a way where I'm more at peace. Yeah, that's just it. So thank thanks so much for saying that, and um, thanks for having a practice because um, you're sort of a trailblazer. Um, not a lot of young people uh, or young adults. I don't know what to call you. <laughs> like, I feel like calling, I feel like when I keep saying young people, I feel like it's insulting and I, I, I you know, I, I just don't even know how to address you guys, but, um, you know, a lot of people at this stage in your life, um, are afraid of doing these things and, and unwilling to do it. So the fact that you have carved out the time and space and then you've seen the results is um, pretty cool. So I'm excited about that. Thank you. And thanks for sharing that with the audience because the more they hear it, it's like your mom talking to you. Like I, my, none of my kids meditate because they're all, because <laughs> they're all like, you're nuts. What are you talking about? How could sitting there quietly do anything for me? And, um, and I know that when you guys speak to each other and share your experiences directly, it's, it's really meaningful. So thank you for sharing yourself um, with me and with everyone today. And um, yeah, thanks for just sharing your life experience. How awesome. I'm really excited for you and what you're about to um, embark on. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And thanks so much for, for having me on as a guest on the podcast. Really enjoyed getting to, uh, getting to talk with you. Yeah, and I hope those of you who are listening in um, got some great pieces of wisdom from Ben. There were so many, so we will highlight those in some of our um, clips on Instagram. But um, definitely find yourselves over at Head Scratcher and take a peek at what Ben's up to and um, like him over on Instagram. Any place else, Ben, you want to point people to? No, that's not, I think that's, that's great for now. If you stay tuned with head scratcher on instagram or even just the episodes um i'll be uh putting out uh into the world this startup that i've been working on for a little while and so you'll be able to, to learn about that as well but yeah the, the instagram and uh on any other major platforms itunes or spotify you can find the podcast awesome thanks again ben thank you like Sky, Brandon, and many of our other guests recently, Ben is someone who's prioritizing his own personal happiness above all else. He understands that his success in life is tied directly to taking 100% responsibility for knowing who he really is, what makes him uniquely happy, and taking steps to create that for himself. It's not always easy. However, like Ben says, when you take the space to know who you are and what you want, coupled with small, consistent steps over time, you actually create your own personal formula for success. So this week, I'm inviting you to take one small step on your path to success. What do you need to do to stay on your path? Maybe you're not sure yet and you need to take time and space to pause and reflect. That's great. Or maybe you already know and you're just too afraid to take the next step. Or maybe it's just as simple as eating better, working out, resting more, getting still, quiet, trying to meditate, saying no to friends, playing more, or getting out and being more social, or taking a risk and trying something new. Who knows? The game here is self-awareness, right? There's no formula. Personal success is just that. It's personal. So your job is to get clarity on what your formula for personal success is. 
So take one small step. Good luck. Keep me posted. I'd love to hear what you're up to. Thanks for listening to University. If you liked what you heard, I'd be absolutely thrilled for you to share with a friend and equally grateful for you to pop over and rate and review on iTunes. It really helps. You can find more information and stay in touch over at university.u on Instagram or at university on Facebook. I'll look forward to seeing you there. For more information, email me at annemarie.university at gmail.com or click the link in the show notes below.